millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Time is a diminishing resource. We feel like we've wasted so much of it. And it's an agent of change as in, you'll feel like your old self in no time. Time is so many things that it sits pretty comfortably at an intersection that I don't think many things can sit in between poetry and science. It's a container, a horizon. It can be your enemy or a windfall of it. You get a bunch of time you didn't expect to have. As metaphorical as it is real, it's a cinematic device like that exaggerated close-up, clock ticking and beads of sweat forming on someone's forehead. Time is made excruciating by longing, and then it passes in some inexplicable blink in tragedy. When these diverse and conflicting ideas, they become too slippery or too mystical or too daunting for us to try to grasp, I think the best idea might be to ask someone who's lived to be a hundred and learn what we can about the time-bending effect of our emotional memories. I'm Leslie Feist, and welcome to Pleasure Studies, a storytelling project about our interior lives. Each episode holds up multiple stories to one light, and we get a glimpse at the common ground that's under our common struggles. Time can catch you or release you. Time can't save you. My name is Joy Simmons. I was coming down the highway. It was a cold winter day, and I was driving fairly cautiously because you couldn't really get a good grip. And all of a sudden, I saw this other car come around the bend. And as I went to the right, I got into a skid. I know I'm not supposed to have my foot on the brake. Oh well, too late, here's the guardrail. I'm gonna go over that guardrail. I'm in the air. I'm floating in the air. Everything just slowed right down. My thoughts were slow. There was no sound. It was like uh, a suspension of time, like time out of time. Time corresponds to how many memories we're building, how many things we're noticing and forcing ourselves to remember. Like if you're in a car accident and there's people careening into you from the front and the side and it's very, very scary, your brain is panicking and so it's noticing every single detail and memorizing every single detail as they happen. And so when you remember it, it feels like time has gone very slowly. On the other hand, you know, as we age, we feel like every successive year takes less and less time. And, and by the time you're 100 years old, uh, a year must feel like it's very short. My name is Dr. Benjamin Tippett, and I teach math and physics at UBC Okanagan. What does 100 feel like? I really don't know what 100 feels like. I'm Margaret Sheen. 
I was born in Montreal, 1917. It's hard to believe, but <laughs> it comes upon you faster than you think. <laughs> Sometimes you blink your eyes, nothing has happened. Sometimes you blink your eyes and the world has changed completely. Time is for us a way to explain the universe, right? Whether that's really the way it is, who knows? My name is Uli Wortman, and I study how bacteria affect uh, the chemistry of the ocean and the atmosphere over long time scales. People think that time is something that passes, but really, everything that you have done and everything that you will ever choose to do already exists in space time. Our experiences of time are just us following a certain path through space time putting all those events into order. I was a young girl when the depression came, and then at the time of the war, I was at university in the United States at the time of Pearl Harbor, and then coming back to Canada, it was war enlistment of young men, and then I married a minister. We traveled, and then he became a professor and uh, watching children grow up. It uh, was a busy life. Time just went on. Before I know it, here I am a hundred. Time isn't an illusion. You can't unburn a log. You can't unbreak an egg. There are all sorts of things in life that you can't undo. So th there is a real physical sense that there is a direction to time. One thing just leads to another, and so many things have happened. Continuous time, which like one thing happens after the next, after the next, is not really valid. Like it's really for a long, long time, nothing happens, and then everything happens in a blink. Is time linear? We usually assume that it is, and that everybody has the same future and the same past, but it's possible that space-time might be woven up in tangled up knots where that's not necessarily the case. My children grow up and, and I see them and they get older and I don't feel any older. So. We don't have a clock we can look at. Color changes come with each season, right? And you can count every year. That's kind of neat. And then you can count backwards and try to figure out how, how many years have passed. But again, we can't really tell how fast they happen. That's the biggest debate. Whatever we see, did that happen in a hundred years or in a million years? We don't know. We physicists expect, given what we know currently about the universe, that time will go on forever. But there's only a small window of billions and billions and billions of years, but only billions and billions and billions of years, where life can exist in the universe. Soon enough, all of the stars will go out, and then all of the matter will eventually merge with black holes, and then eventually all the black holes will evaporate away. So there's only a springtime of the universe where life can exist. It's the choices I made, and it evolved. One had to think very seriously with the war, not knowing just where you would be or how things would be in the world. One never knew. We humans try to make sense of the world, right? We come up with all sort of mystical ideas how the world works, to explain it to ourselves. 
and in our own mystical approach to time, time is very flexible. Future time travel is definitely possible. All you need is a boring old rocket ship, not even a special science fiction one. You just need to get into a rocket ship, set the rocket ship off, and then, you know, once you're going fast enough relative to Earth, centuries on Earth will pass in only moments. The rate that time passes when you're in a rocket ship compared to Earth depends on how close to the speed of light the rocket ship is traveling. If you travel 99.9% .9 the speed of light, let's see, that's 100 times square root of 1 minus 0 0.999 times 0 0.999, and that's uh, four years for a century. <laughs> I'm surprised that other people think that what is a hundred, that how you, you live as if one hundred is any different from being 80, 90, if you're in good health. I'm just a hundred. <laughs> we can see things where we think they're probably a century, right? But what you see with like a razor thin line, that looks like a century, what I'm saying, it looks like an eye blink. There's only so much a person can experience. There's only so much time a human body can experience. You know, uh, you start off as a baby with beautiful eyelashes and nice smelling skin. And <laughs> over the years, uh, your DNA slowly, slowly, slowly gets corrupted. Ah, the span of a century of experiences. This is a century of experiences. Time is what you ultimately preserve yourself in your own history, what you make of it. Your memories, your experiences, that makes time. Time thermodynamically weighs against our body, wears it down. Well, at the present day, at 100, I'm doing perhaps a little slower, but I'm doing exactly the same things that I would do when I was 70 or 80. Can't run as fast can't climb a, a stairs as quickly, but I do climb them, even if they are slower. I never think of myself as being old. <laughs> the century changes completely how we perceive the world. It changes completely how we interact with each other, right? What we see as important, the values, the morals. Interacting with the universe, experiencing time is also what what fundamentally kills us. Oh, the boy, that sounds darker than I needed to. But, I mean, it's, it's not a tragedy, though. The fact that we get to experience all these things is a wonderful boon. So even though time is what's wearing us down, it's also what's providing us the experiences that make life rich. You don't want to be the person in the spaceship traveling a hundred years for the future where every hundred years only feels like four years for you. Think of everything you're going to be missing out. It would be a, it would be a terribly sad life. All your friends back home would be learning about rock and roll and you'd be still, you know, not, not doing anything interesting. It's the, the interesting things are the things that wear us down, I guess. There's a couple places on earth where we know that almost a billion years are not recorded. The only thing you see is that the color changes. Red rocks and the other rocks on top are a little less red. <laughs> That's it. We always think we're the most important beings in the world and what we do really matters. And then you see that there's 10 million years and nothing mattered, not even leaving a trace. It's humbling. 
When I start to reflect or become upset about how people I know or love might go away, I try to think of the universe, space-time, four-dimensionally, where everything has always existed and always will exist. So the parts of the tapestry where I'm interacting with my old friends, that will always be where it is in space-time. It's in my past currently, but in some way I'm still with them. The hardest part of being 100 is um, you have to think <laughs> of the future. I think when it was over, I was just stunned. Though it should have been a terrifying moment, it wasn't. It was a very peaceful moment, so I'm drawn to it, to that experience of suspension of just being absolutely in that long, long moment. It was just time out of time. Century was produced by Rachel Matlow and Veronica Simmons. Special thanks to Ulrich Wartman, Margaret Shine and Ben Tippett for their stories. Score by Todd Dahlhoff and the theme was played by Tony Shear. Pleasure Studies is executive produced by Robbie Lackeritz and myself, Leslie Feist. Additional contributions from Andrew Whiteman and Elizabeth Barker and is presented by Erios and Talkhouse. <laughs>